Dude, the fact that anyone is in a successful relationship is insane. Humans are so <laughs> complex. We all, like we have our own thoughts, our own needs, our own wants, our own plans for ourselves. And to in any way make it work with another human being and be in tandem and like to any degree is like an absolute miracle. So I'm a big proponent of just over communicating. Welcome back to Made It Out. Today, we are talking about falling in love with the one. And who better to talk about that than singer-songwriter Chelsea Cutler? That's me. (laughs) That's you. You have had such an impressive career. You've toured all over the world. You've worked with huge artists. You have over 3.5 billion streams on Spotify. But I want to talk about the inspiration behind it all. I want to talk about Tilly. How did you guys meet? Her friend from college, who was then her roommate for a while, is my friend from home. And so my friend from home brought her to like one of my first shows ever, like very small show. I just dropped out of college. I like not too much going for me at the time. But I say a lot, like I feel like once I met her, like it just felt like everything else stopped mattering. Really? Yeah. You knew right away. Day one. Yeah. So what do you think? What was the feeling? How did you know? I mean, truly for us, I think it was this weird comfort around each other as if we'd known each other for a really long time. Mm. And I don't know, like, I feel like we just, we like all the same things. We hate all the same things. Our, our core values are really similar. Just hang out with the same type of people, same kind of thought the same things were funny, thought the same music Mm -hmm. is cool. So kind of all these, you know, basic little indications of, oh, there's, there's like some, form of compatibility here yeah you know you talk about Tilly so highly it's like the cutest thing ever and you guys obviously have a great relationship but I know it hasn't always been perfect you guys took a break at one point can you tell us a little bit about that and the challenges there kind of all in the span of the first year of our relationship I'd gone from you know I dropped out of college I signed you know I went on a bunch of tours I signed you know my record deal and so things were escalating for both of us independently really quickly and chaotically. And I think it, you know, it was just a lot, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and match that also with coming out and telling our parents and our friends and navigating being in a same sex relationship for the first time. So there was just a million things going on a million miles an hour. And so we broke up and we, I mean, we didn't really stay broken up for very long. You know, I think, Ultimately, it, we were kind of a little on and off for like a few months mm-hmm. tops, you know, and then it was smooth sailing. Do you think that there was a benefit to going on a little bit of a break? Yeah, I'm sure. It's so funny. I feel like I always will be lying in like the cutest moment, like the the most picture perfect moment. And I'll just be like, I can't believe you ever broke up with me. You know? <laughs> I, can't, I just can't believe we ever broke up. Like, that's crazy. Um, cause it just feels like there's no world to me where we're not, you know, each other's person. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there was ever a moment in time where we weren't together is so, uh, like it's like dissonant in mm-hmm. my head. Like it doesn't even make sense. Um, but I, I think any time apart definitely makes, definitely shows you real quick, you know, do you really miss this person? Do you miss what they brought to your life? Mm-hmm. It's like a pattern interrupt. Yeah. It's like if something exactly. is going some way 
and you put some sort of disruptor in there. Yeah. You're going to find out really quick what that's going to do. Exactly. Bring you closer, draw you farther apart. Exactly. I also think like we're kind of sold this, this fairy tale around love that like once I meet the person, it's just going to be perfect. Yeah. And there's never going to be conflict and, and nothing's ever going to go wrong because we're going to agree on everything. But it's kind of in my mind, not like that. It's kind of like you meet someone and then it's like, oh no, now shit is serious because the conflict that we have, we can't just ignore. It's like, we're going to have to work through it. And I think a huge telling factor with a relationship is how do you navigate conflict? Mm. If there's no conflict ever, probably someone's not being honest about what they want or need and there's no growth. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think, I think compatibility in a lot of ways reveals itself when you're navigating the more difficult conversations or the more difficult transitions Mm -hmm. in in any relationship. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm definitely like the one in my relationship that's going to bring forward the conflict. Yeah. Like, okay, we need to talk about this, you know, and, and be kind of the, the more outspoken and Matilda's more of like the, okay, all right. The yeah. calm, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But it's good. You need both kind of, you know, I don't even know what roles we play in that. I feel like we both are so something we've been talking about, you know, throughout the course of our relationship is we're both so cognizant of each other's feelings and needs mm-hmm. that we put a lot of effort into how we communicate in our conflict too, because mm-hmm. we want to be so respectful of each other. And I think that, I mean, I think that's really, really important. You know, it's not easy at all to tell someone that you're upset with them or that something that happened bothered you. So it's, a, I think it's a skill that, you know, especially in your twenties is something that isn't the sharpest skill for mm. <laughs> For a lot of us. And and I think your 20s is probably a big era of realizing maybe some of the models that you had growing up, whether it was your parents or on TV or whatever. Maybe those some of those models weren't mm-hmm. the best. And so I think, yeah, I think your 20s is just a lot of or, or your 30s is, <laughs> is a lot of, is a lot of like, oh, OK, this is how I tell you what I need. Yeah. You know, like that's hard to do. Yeah. For sure. I think for me, it's a lot of like conflict resolution. It's like, I don't have, I, I, I didn't learn those skills growing up, but yeah. like, how do, how do we resolve this? And even going on a break is really hard for me to, in my mind, I think I'm such a like black or white thinker. Well, it wasn't going on a break to be fair. Okay. Yeah. True. It was, this is over. Yeah. So yeah. Didn't you feel like, Oh my God, I've, I've lost the one. Um, yes, I did. To be completely honest with you, I think a lot of the despair I was feeling around that breakup came from what does this mean now for my sexuality? Like I just went through Mm. coming out and telling all these people and now I don't know what this means for me. Do I want to date guys? Do I want to date girls? Do I want to try both? I have no idea. So I think there was a lot of despair around that for me. But I also obviously just wanted, you know, wanted my person. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of how do I how do we get back together? Write a whole album and put it out (laughs) and write, you know, when you're like 22 and you're like, I'm going to write a handwritten letter to all my feelings. (laughs) I would pay so many dollars to burn all 
traces of like anything that I wrote or expressed during that time because it was probably the simpiest <laughs> shit ever. But wait, that is when you put out the album, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> no, I mean more like, like. <laughs> I'm like, wait, 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 wait. No, I like the album. <laughs> I, I love the album. But I just know, I don't even remember I don't remember how long, but like, I know I wrote letters and things, you know, mm-hmm. I like drop them, send the text. It's like, I left, you know, a letter in your apartment building, uh, like entryway, you know, like, oh, just no. things like that. It's like, <laughs> you so badly wish you could take back all of those, you know, 22 year old little missteps and, and stuff. You know, but something so. worked. I think it's when I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> we got back together <laughs> to be honest. but yeah that's fair yeah yeah the conflict resolution part of that though would even be tough for me like I think that's where like we break up and then getting back together that takes so much emotional maturity because yeah. it's like now we have to talk about why that happened I have to deal with why that happened face my part in it and that must have been tough coming back into that yeah Again, I mean, we were so young that I think if we were to go through breaking up and getting back together right now, those conversations would be so much more mature Mm -hmm. and thoughtful and intentional than they were at the time. Mm -hmm. I think at the time it was more, hey, if we get back together, let's not break up again. You know, it was just like, I mean, it's funny. We grow and then your problems become more mature, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And more fleshed out. I don't know. What do you think is, has kept you guys together? I mean, that's like the biggest question ever. Well, (laughs) open question. I mean, I think a a million things, right? Um, You know, I think that at the end of the day, the most important thing is that we just really like each other. Like, obviously, we're, we love each other and we're very in love, but we really, really fundamentally like each other. And I think there are so many times in a week or a month that when we're just hanging out, one of us will be like, I just, I really like you, Aww. you know? Yeah. And I think that's so different than being in love because at the end of the day, you know, five and a half years into dating someone, you know, a lot of the chemicals that happen to your brain when you're first falling in love have really leveled out or dissipated. And so all you're really left with is a very, very strong familial, almost love. Like this is my, this is my unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like, do I, do I like this person? Yeah. Do I like being around you? Yeah. And so I think like fundamentally the most important thing that's kept us together is like out of you know, 365 days of in each of those, you know, five years, I would say like 360 of them, we wake up and we're like, oh my goodness, I just, I like you so much. I agree. I think that's important. I think love in the first like one, two, how many of your years can be, it can be really fun and hot and heavy and you get the excitement and whatever, but then like real life starts to kind of kick you in the ass and you, you kind of think of this is the person that I'm picking to be with me when like really bad things yeah. could happen, you know? And I think in my relationship, like my, I lost my dog. I had my dog for 
12 years, I lost my dog and Matilda's with me. You know what I mean? And it's like that what she is the presence that I want around when things like that happen. Right. You know, like you're my friend, you comfort me. You're like, you're so much more than just someone that, you know, I'm like giddy and excited over. It's like right. you are someone that is can withstand all of these, you know, things that we're going to go through. Right. And yeah, like I also think there are obviously like big moments in life, but most of life is really boring, small moments. Mm -hmm. And a lot of relationship maintenance happens in just kind of the more benign and like mundane every day. Yeah. And so I think it's even like, do I like you when we're trying to wrangle two dogs into a car outside an apartment building in New York city. And we're trying to like figure out how to fold a crate while holding up traffic <laughs> and like shove four suitcases into the back. Like just little moments like that. Or like if something horrible logistically happens on vacation, like just more like little things like, or even just the most boring rainy day. Yeah. And it's just us in an apartment. Like, do I like you? Yeah. That's you know, another great am I having a good it. time? And I always say to Tilly, I'm like, I will listen to you talk about anything. Like I, Aww. you know, I'm just, and, and she's the same. I mean, I talk way more than she does, as anyone could guess. I think 90% of the time, that's probably a generous estimate. She likes what I have to say. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. We just like, we could talk forever. Yeah. You know, there are nights, I feel like that where we stay up in bed giggling and like we look at the clock and it's midnight and it's, it's almost like we were just meeting, you know, and yeah. th those kind of first nights you stay up really late. Like it's, that's like, almost, you know, most nights. Yeah. That yeah. is the absolute best about when you are just friends and like love your partner. It's like, yeah, it's just a sleepover every day. And yeah. we do like with our two dogs. Yeah. Like <laughs> my favorite place in the entire world is in bed with our dogs. It's yeah. like the four of us are just in this place together. That's the best. I love that. If the world stopped and I was right there, I'd be like, great, take me. Good. <laughs> what are you think, or what do you think are the biggest ways that love changes over time? I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like when you're in a relationship for like 10, 15, 20 years. But I think that, I mean, we're changing, you know, mm. I'm hopefully different than I was when I was 21 and she's different than she was when she was 21. And so I think that you're always kind of getting to know each other. You know, like I feel, I obviously feel like I know everything about her. And at the same time, I'm so hungry to learn like every new thought she's having and every new revelation she's having about herself. And so, so I think, you know, you're navigating, continuing to fall in love with this person as they grow and change. And that's really fun. There are obviously days and moments where, you know, my chest, like my stomach drops and my chest feels full of butterflies and stuff. And, you know, at the same time, a lot of the time it's like this really, really deep, like almost familial love. Like it's mm -hmm. like, this is my, like, it's like, this is my wolf pack. Like that's such <laughs> a fucking dumb way to say it. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like this, yeah. Like, I don't know this. So I'm going to start calling and be like, my little wolf pack. <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's just like, it just starts to become a constant almost. It's just like a rule of mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Like it's as true as gravity, you know, or yeah. as true as like, I know, you know, the sky is blue. It's, it's like, 
this is my person. This is our thing, you know? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's beautifully put. I feel like there's kind of a narrative people attach to that you can't do a lot of growth. Like you can't go through a lot of growth inside of a relationship. People Mm. say like, you know, I got to work on myself. Like I have to do this alone. You know, I got to do this before I can really be in the right relationship. And a thought that I always say, you know, to Till is like, when are you going to feel ready to like be in a relationship? Cause you're going to feel the same way when you're like 30, 40, 50, 60. Like when I'm 60, I'm definitely going to go through stretches of feeling like, man, there's this part of myself I really want to work on. Like mm-hmm. that self-optimization and that navigation and figuring out life is never going to stop. So I'd rather do that with someone who is extremely supportive and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of it is like, you, you can do work on yourself to get to a point where you can be in a relationship that can then bring you to this next level. Because I was such a mess when I was younger. A lot of the relationships that I was in were not doing me any good for my self growth because it has to be the right relationship. Of course. Yeah. And then when you find someone like when I met Matilde, it's like, you love me so steadily that I can have these kind of tantrums or outbursts or whatever they are. Like I can, show this sadness or show this side of me and allow it to be a mirror right for myself and really go kind of deeper into the work that I'm already doing um so it can be such a a great tool if you allow it to be yeah and i also think that if a person feels inhibited in their kind of self journey or inhibited in, the, in their growth while in a relationship then I would probably encourage them to examine like the dynamic of the relationship. Like maybe there's not enough space being carved out for you. Maybe it's not Mm. the right relationship. Maybe it is. And there just are things that need to move over or like give you room too. So I I don't know. I I feel like the right relationship knows how to be adaptable and dynamic and shift to give people room when they need it, give the other person room when they need it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's a lot of push and pull, I think, in a healthy relationship. Yeah, that's a good point because I think there's a tendency to kind of lose yourself in a relationship too, especially in like those early days. And I'm someone, I, I think I'm, I need a lot of time to process, um, and, and time on my own. And so it's harder for me to balance like taking that for myself. Um, but the right partner, I think encourages you to do that. And it's like, okay, yeah, go, go and do your thing and then come back and I'm going to be here. And if you're not feeling that, that's probably not the right space. Yeah. It's either not the right space or maybe you haven't had a conversation around it. Fair. You know, like I think a big skill for me that even is something I'm still working on is because I'm such an external processor and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, my girlfriend can be a little bit more of an internal processor than I am. You know, it's a skill for me to, it's like a love language, right? Like a lot of people assume that like other people want love the way that you want it, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you kind of have to like take off your glasses and put on their glasses and say, Oh, this is how you process. This is how you grow. I need to work on looking at you know, your, your needs through your lens and not through like my projection of what your needs are. Mm-hmm. So I think it, sometimes it's maybe not, it's not even like a compatibility issue. It's just like, just, you need know, to like talk about each other's 
needs a little bit. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that that's a bad thing to have to communicate those needs, like to have to say them and then someone doing them in return. There's nothing bad about communicating anything. I agree. I agree. But I think a lot of times people think, well, you should have to read my mind or you should be able to just like, no, or this should be. And it's like, it's not like that. It's so much more work than that. And so much more like vocalization and saying like, and just because I have to say it to you that I need this doesn't make it less meaningful that then you do it. It's like, it's actually more meaningful. It's more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's one thing if your partner's expressing a need to you and you're just simply like, I don't know, ignorant or unable to meet it or, and that, you know, that could be fine. Maybe it's just not, you know, the right person, but I don't know. Like, I f- dude, the fact that anyone is in a successful relationship is insane. Humans are so <laughs> complex. We out like, we have our own thoughts, our own needs, our own wants, our own plans for ourselves. And to in any way make it work with another human being and be in tandem and like to any degree is like an absolute miracle. So I'm a big proponent of just over communicating. Yeah. I think people think that, I don't know, you look at other people's relationships from the outside and you're like, oh, they're just great together. They don't have to put in anything, but it's like every relationship has its own kind of nuances and problems and everybody's going through through these things. I would say the, the couples who probably look the best from the outside or the easiest from the outside are probably doing the most work. That's why they're so happy. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. Where are you at now? Tell me about um, your guys' life. We're great. You know, we live together. We have two dogs. We just got a puppy. Um, that was kind of more of like a me thing that I wanted that Tilly because you got to compromise in relationships she you know but she loves him and compromise is hard because sometimes I'm like no babe if you weren't around I would be doing this so it's not fair I want to do I know, this, I know. Like, I, this oh works. if I had it my way I'd have like I, I have four dogs yeah. like I would yeah I just <laughs> love I'm you know what guys I'm a doodle lover okay <laughs> I don't care if someone thinks that they are unethical or mm. weird I don't care. I need a hypoallergenic dog and it needs to look like that. Okay. And snuggle me. Thank you for making that statement. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> I, You're like, I, how are you until the end? I'm like, doodles? <laughs> doodles. doodles. Pro doodles. <laughs> no, we are good though. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, life's good. Like, I feel like we really, there's just always so much going on with us, which is what we thrive on. Like, I think we, we both always bitch about how much is going on but I think we both genuinely get so much energy from having projects to work on and having things to do and achieve and accomplish so um so yeah yeah we've been good are we looking at engagement am I coming to a wedding yeah (laughs) it's so funny like everyone keeps for some reason on social media I keep getting all these dms and and questions or or like fan whenever I meet a fan they're like when are you getting like? When are you getting engaged? When are you when are you proposing? And I just would like to start by saying like, why do I have to be the one who proposes? This is the whole thing. Are you going to be the one to propose? I want to be. I want us to both get that experience. Like I yeah. think that's really nice. But we're buying like a little weekend house, and <gasps> oh so we like I currently have no um, ancillary funds for a ring. 
right now I'm gonna, like, focus on the house and so she i think it's uh, like marriage or mortgage you have to pick the yeah mortgage. it's literally marriage You're doing or mortgage yeah exactly exactly <laughs> I, always, I watch that show i'm like you fucking idiot yeah pick the mortgage <laughs> I, it was so casual like we we're in the middle of like doing something for the house like i don't know if we were driving up there or something we we're just kind of like so so talk about rings next year <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, like unspoken. We were just like, let's just pick that up and put that over here for a little bit. That's fair. That's very reasonable of you guys. Okay. So a question that we get a lot from people online is how do you know that you found the one? I think I have a few things to say. I think that we are weirdly in this era where we're more acutely aware of how many people exist than ever because of social media. And I think it's really probably more difficult than ever for a lot of people to kind of rationalize or get to a place where they feel comfortable committing because more than ever we're shown all of the available options. And so I just want to stress that I think that's really challenging. And I, and I acknowledge kind of how our culture is shoving that down people's faces and, and how expendable it makes people seem with apps and whatnot. Um, and I think the truth of the matter is that out of, you know, there's almost 8 billion people in the world, you know, your life butterfly effect could go in a million different ways. And there's, you know, there's probably hundreds of people in the world that you could have a successful and fulfilling relationship with. And, you are so lucky if you come across one of them in your lifetime. And, you know, maybe people with multiple marriages or multiple relationships, you know, have multiple loves of their lives. But I, I to be completely honest with you, feel so beyond blessed to have even encountered one of, you know, the soulmates that may exist for me in this world. And, um, and I feel like statistically, I'm personally like statistically that's crazy enough. So like I'm good, you know, mm. like what are the odds again that, you know, I find someone this remarkable. Um, and I think that just to build off that, I know like I'm kind of making this a long winded answer, but it just feels like multifaceted to me. But I think on top of that, if you are, you know, statistically, if you're lucky enough to, you know, now meet this person, start building a life with them because the life you build with this soulmate, you know, it's going to be different than the life you build with any other human. So if you, you know, you're fortunate enough to start building a life that, you know, you really like together, then you're so lucky. Um, and it's, you know, it's much more fulfilling, at least in my opinion, to commit to that and nourish that and grow that than it is to see if there's a person who is maybe marginally better suited mm. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I said earlier in the episode, I think it's like the hugest miracle of two people can even make a relationship work successfully where both of their needs are being met and, you know, they fundamentally like each other and they love each other. Um, and they're able to build a life together that's compatible and, and feels right for both of them. Like that's just so that's just a human miracle mm -hmm. that if you find that I promise you 900 times, you know, out of 901, you're going to feel much more fulfilled and happy, you know, building that than worrying about maybe there's someone who's better. Like there yeah. are humans are complex. You know, if you find someone who shares your core values and you love being together and you have fun and every, you know, most days you wake up and you're like, I like you, mm -hmm. you know, then great. If you can grow together, you know, I'm probably not going to like, I probably wouldn't be able to build a life 
with someone who like voted for Donald Trump. Right. You know, like if your core values align, you like the same things, then uh, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would definitely encourage people to focus on working on that before, you know, before it's, it's just such a choice. Like how could I ever be a, a hundred per statistically a hundred percent sure? Yeah. Like there's no, there's no like algorithm that tells you that, you know, I'm a hundred percent sure because I choose to be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I think that is where that choice comes in. It's, I, I think about it as like, um, you're going to have problems with any, anybody, like there's going to be not problems, but there's going to be things that come up. Life is never going to be perfect. So if you find someone that you're like, you are worth working through things with, yeah, then it's like, don't let that go because yeah. And like, do you like being on your hands and knees, like scrubbing the bathroom together? Do you like, you know, do you, (laughs) when you think about going through all the difficult things like childbirth and really, I don't know, a difficult financial time or if I had to go through anything with Tilly, I'd be pretty stoked. You know, if we were like abducted and stuck in like a dark room, but we were together. Yeah. We were on the plane the other day and like, I, I usually have to like take anxiety meds to fly. I really hate to fly, which is ironic because I fly so frequently Mm. and I'd run out and when the plane, I only get nervous for takeoff and landing and the plane was landing and it was like pretty turbulent. It was like extremely windy day. And I was starting to get like, I get like panic attack symptoms mm-hmm. and Tilly was just come here. And like, so I just like leaned on her and like, kind of like put my head on her shoulder and literally the weirdest thought came into my mind. And it was like, if this plane crashed right now, mm. I think I'd be like, I'd be all right. Like, I feel good with that. Just leaning on her mm-hmm. and like having her smell, like touching her, just being like next to her put me at such ease mm. That like, if you said the plane was crashing and that was like my last last moment, moment, like good, cool. Yeah. You know, like that just, she brings me so much peace. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like that's a good indication. I love it. All right. We play a game. Okay. It's called you haul or you ghost. Okay. Okay. This girl is perfect. Dream girl. It's, it's Tilly. Okay. It's just this one thing. Okay. Okay. Everyone's got a thing. Yeah. Some are better than others. True. <laughs> okay. She lets her dog sleep in the bed, but it shares a pillow with her. Me. She okay, is me. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. I do too. Sometimes it's like, come here. I want them on top of me. In my face. Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> okay, good. You haul. Yeah. All right. She makes you a playlist after your first date, like hours later. Hours later. <laughs> it's like, here's this playlist. Benefit of the doubt. This girl's perfect. It's Tilly. Anything Tilly does is perfect. Aww. You all it. <laughs> all right, where are you all in? <laughs> I mean, it really does depend on like how much you like someone. Dude, everything's context space. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right, you haul. Okay, she takes three days to respond to texts. That's fun. I'm kind of that way. Yeah. Wow, Chelsea's you hauling everybody. I'm, I'm just, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like extremely low maintenance. <laughs> I like that about yeah, you. I don't know. She has the same name as your mom. My therapist. Your therapist has the same name as your mom? Wow. Let that sink in. I know. I'm really <laughs> thinking about that. I'm like, <laughs> but if your girlfriend has the same name as your mom. I don't see myself entertaining that. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Too I close for comfort. It's too close. Yeah. All right. We're ghosting. Yeah. She's fully keto. So what's in the keto diet? Like what? It's like bacon. It's like bacon and cheese. Like an extreme amount of meat. You're you're naming 
extremely scrumptious things <laughs> like bacon and cheese sounds amazing it's literally like all meat and cheese sign me up oh my god i couldn't do it me i don't know like it oh yeah no vegetables and great. no fruits great <laughs> awesome that's my dream maybe i should be keto i love it we do a cheers before we end do you have any final words just love rocks be in love <laughs> yes be in love. Be in love. Be in short be in be in love i'm like be in love even if like you're in love with someone who doesn't love you back like, <laughs> just be in love it feels so nice hurts so good chelsea is going on tour join us at the la show on march 22nd or check the tour schedule in our show notes to see when she's near you Follow Chelsea at Chelsea Cutler. Follow the show at Made It Out Podcast and follow me at Mal Glowinky. This episode was produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on solely by lesbians. Continue to help us spread the gay agenda by writing review, rating, and sharing with everyone you've ever met. My favorite class, Anatomy 101, no penis for me. What does that mean? <laughs> Are you pranking me? <laughs> 